My name is Daniel and this is the It Takes Time podcast, a podcast where I share my journey to a career, a life worth living and all the enjoyment, hardship and experiences along the way. Thank you for tuning in, subscribe on your selected platform and let's get into this. Hello everyone, so it's 22.51 in the evening Um, and um, yeah. It's a Sunday, and um, this week should be a good week. I'm looking forward to it. Not a lot actually happening if I look at my calendar per se. Um, I'm so tired. Um, but it's all part of the norm. Um, what am I doing this week? Alright. So, I've got a very full day tomorrow from 11 till 6. Then, Tuesday, I've got an interview for a master's that I'm quite excited about. And nothing for the rest of the day. Because I'm supposed to be going out with some friends in the evening. I don't know if that will actually materialise or not. And uh, then, I've got a meeting at 10 a.m. on Wednesday meeting at 2pm till 4pm on Wednesday, meeting at 12.30 till 1 on Thursday, two lectures on Thursday, plus a group meeting in between, and then I go home. It's a very, um, I'm not going to say standard, because this is not really that standard, I mean last week was pretty standard, um, meetings and things, yeah there's not. Yeah, the week before that was a nightmare, but, um, yeah, meetings and, um, conversations and, you know, I think something I'm learning from just being open to, like, listening to conversation while I drive is that this woman, Susan Kane, I only listened to one minute, one hour and eight minutes of it, the conversation, I think there's a another 46 or so minutes in there but like you can like they were talking about her book is called Quiet I've never read it but um, what the premise of it is introverts turn out to be extroverts at some point you know they do develop some sort of skills and not attributes and all this sort of stuff was really interesting and then she was like well um, yeah, it just kind of, like, happens, like, you can make it happen, or, but, like, I think one of the reasons why, like, I avoid at nearly all costs dinners of any size is because, like, if I go back, like, when I was a kid, I used to, like, hate being in restaurants, um, I used to, like, feel like I was choking, or, um, got very claustrophobic like I just didn't like the restaurant environment and like to this day I avoid eating in restaurants um not avoid eat more so now I had some problem with eating when I was a bit younger I didn't really want to eat as much as I should have done um so I think that contributes and also then like if I know I'm going to meet someone to talk about something really specific 
I'll be so down to go, like, or I know, like, the conversation will be good conversation, I'll be so down to go, if I know the conversation's just not going to be on a topic I'm actually that interested in, I just won't want to go, and I'll just find a way to not go, because, like, one, I find it a waste of my time, two, I know I'm just going to get, like, anxious in the situation, so, it's, like, an explanation as to, like, if anyone asks me for, to go to dinner, I'll probably 99% decline, unless I find it somewhat useful to me. Um, yeah, I just don't like it. I don't know, it's something strange, and like, you can't explain it to anyone because it doesn't make any sense, and you don't even know what it is yourself, but it makes a lot of sense to like, also like, I'm actually like somewhat of an introverted person, I just don't care about what anyone thinks, so then it makes me extroverted. But generally, like, I'm a people person. I genuinely love interacting with people. I think researching things, um, events, um, phenomena, um, future phenomena is really, really cool and really, really insightful. Because, like, through the body of research, you actually learn more about yourself than you do about a topic. Because you learn your quirks, you learn what works for you, you learn what, like, and I think that's really important. Um, yeah, I would say, like, I'm mostly an introvert, on the basis of, like, that introverts are generally people who, um, I don't shy away from opportunities like that, but I generally, like, do avoid large groups for whatever reason, because I don't feel, I feel like I get lost in the crowd, I, I, there was, okay, this kind of sums it all up. When I was in school, um, we had this very um, sort of distinguished teacher. He was completely in the wrong place. He needed to be in Eton or um, Harrow or somewhere like that. He was like that sort of, he was like, what? You, when you think of those two schools, you think of like what the person might look like. He's like the spitting image. So I don't know why he was at my school. So grammar school it wasn't a bad school; it was quite a good school by all all accounts. Um, and he was there anyway. He taught philosophy, Latin. You know, he literally lived up to to his appearance. Although you should never really judge him, but but he was definitely all that he cracked up to be. Anyway, he also taught English. Um, I think it was um, he read classics at Oxbridge or something like that. And anyway, um, he was very into his medieval history in English literature. And I sat, um, where did I sit? I sat maybe fourth row back of six rows, in alphabetical order maybe, on the right, right, I think, no, on his left. The, as you walk in the left hand side of the classroom and the classroom was like so my form room for seven years until well for five years until they changed the room but same form tutor she was not the nicest woman in the world she was alright she wasn't the nicest woman in the world um, anyway um, our thing was in B3 so that was our form room and this classroom was B4 now between B3 and B4, there was the English office. 
where one of the English teachers like hung out and gossiped or whatever. And then before there's this long corridor on on the left there's all these cupboards and on the right there's also some some cupboards. Um, as you enter the classroom, the whiteboards on the left, the computer and everything's are just actually as you enter the computer's there. And then there's one, two, three. And maybe there's only four rows. One, two. Yeah, there's only four rows. So I'm like on the third row back of four. And um, I know the answer to a question for like the first time in like, so I put my hand up and he comes to me and I say my answer and no one can hear it. Okay. No one. Now I say it again. He still can't hear it. So I'm not enunciating. I'm not saying it properly. So he says, speak up boy in this very deep and like almost like he's about to get the cane out sort of moment and until that from that day anyone who was in that class um when i don't enunciate brings that up and it flashes back um and i remember walking out of that classroom and feeling so disorientated i went into the cupboards on either side um now that corridor is called the b corridor uh had english and maths on it um actually yeah that's all it had on it english and maths now when you got past b7 you're in maths and i wasn't very good at maths um i was all right and then i became really good and we had a teacher who his name is um mr dahili who moved to hong kong probably around six or seven years ago now um but he was an amazing teacher he's very very passionate he he went to beth's which was the school i went to and then he became a maths teacher um met his wife at the school and they now both live in hong kong um which is awesome um you know somewhat keeping kept oh message i think i kept in touch with him about two years ago but i haven't really spoken to him since um and then I don't know why I'm doing this, but like basically that school made me feel my safe space at that school was you go past the B corridor, and so some sometime around 2016, no, sometime around 2015, 14, they stopped using the main reception um, as a reception, and that became the place for the special needs which are a massive office they upgraded upgraded hugely from what they had before and that's where all the special needs um people with special needs and the support staff worked from now the reception moved to more towards the front of the school so it was less tucked away and more present and became all shiny they had these really really stupid um riddles um that like supposedly was supposed to keep up the rain but they didn't really do much but put the rain on you anyway um that was nice and fancy and you couldn't use i remember something very distinct so the head teacher's office was part so uh, this is a new reception as you walk in the there's like a set of doors that lead to the music area um the music rooms and one of the rooms on the right is the head teacher's office and students weren't permitted to walk past through that door. 
in the morning. I think in the evening, if you're a sixth form, you could, but, you know, normal. And it was very strange. Like, every time you walk through that corridor, you look like eyes were, like, eyeing you up because you're not really supposed to be in there. Um, but anyway, getting back to the, um, the old reception. Now, when you got out of the B corridor and you came into the main foyer, as you looked left, that was the main school hall. And if you looked all the way to the end, you would see start to see the music rooms and the drama room, um, etc. Now, if you looked to your right, you'd see a staircase that would go down to the one uh, to the quad, the main quad. Um, quad being because it was just a rectangle, um, and you'd also get down to the sixth room, sixth form, um, like common common room and six from lockers and etc. Um, anyway. So, as you, as you walk along, um, there's like a role of honour, who's been a captains, vice-captains, etc. Um, and then, on your right was the old reception, which is now the disability. And then past there, um, on your left, there's um, a list, uh, like a massive cupboard of trophy, trophies that the school has won over the years. And then just to, adjacent to that, it's stairs that lead up to the sea corridor, which was economics. Um, business, like all that sort of stuff was up there. And actually, um, the um, deputy head teacher was also up there. Um, so, um, if you walked slightly past that into the other part of the B corridor, which also led into the canteen and actually towards the new reception, just to the right of that, there was a room. Um, that room was, and this was my safe space, this was the place where I ended up most often, um, I knew the person in there very well, um, she helped me a lot when I needed it the most, and it was the, uh, it was the medical room, <laughs> and that's where I spent most of my time, so bringing this back to like the introvertedness, I was not by any stretches of the imagination popular in school. I was no stretch of imagination wanted or cared about in some sort of way, um, apart from being in the medical room and being in some classrooms that I really enjoyed, like Mr. Tahiti's classroom, um, who else's class was really good, Miss Syed and Miss Ruiz, their classes were really good, Mr. Hagerty, Mr. Mortley, um, uh, who else? Uh, yeah, that's about it really. Um, but yeah, those those classes were really good. Um, I always felt somewhat not belonging, and like that comes back to the introvertedness. And then when I got to uni, all of a sudden, um, within like months, I felt like in integrated into the community, whether that be the student community or the academic community, that kind of carried me through for three years, and now we are months away from graduation. So, I think it is a skill. My public speaking has always been good, because I've never really cared about what anyone said, but, and also, like, relatively confident in myself, but when it comes to large groups of people, when it comes to fitting into a culture, I just don't do that, I never have, so yeah, that's all for today, some random thoughts and a couple of stories, but 
um, hope you've enjoyed and I'll um, hope you have a good great start to the week and I'll catch you tomorrow.